This is the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the inside track on Liverpool FC's next opponents. Hello and welcome to the latest Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel. I'm your host, Matt Addison, and I'm delighted to say that joining me very shortly is Spanish football expert and Real Madrid TV presenter, Phil Kittrimenides. There's no one better to get the lowdown on Zinedine Zidane's side as we talk Sergio Ramos and Mohamed Salah, Karim Benzema and Casemiro, as well as plenty, plenty more. Enjoy. Behind Enemy Lines on the Blood Red channel. Phil, thanks for, for joining me. We'll jump straight in and, and get started. I mean, as we're recording this, and we are recording a little bit in advance, Real Madrid are six points off the top of the La Liga table. Are they maybe having a, a better season than one or two people in England maybe think that they're having? Um, it depends, really. It, things looked a little bit grim earlier on in the season. Atletico Madrid were uh, 10 points clear. They could have gone with a game in hand as well. They could have gone 13 points clear. It looked like the La Liga title race was going to be completely over. Then uh, Real Madrid managed to claw back some points. Barcelona, two. Barcelona, only four points behind Atletico as well. So, um I guess if you look at the La Liga table and you look at what Real Madrid, where they should be or where people expect them to be, you don't expect them to see them third, six points behind the, the leaders. But it's it's not been terrible this season. I think generally speaking, we've seen a lot of teams throughout Europe, uh, uh, high profile teams uh, drop points, not necessarily perform uh, how we might have expected them to. So yeah, Real Madrid have lost games at home this season where in previous seasons they wouldn't lose these games. They lost at home to Cadiz, lost at home to Levante, lost at home to Alaves. I mean, these are sides that are um, adding relegation in the bottom half of the, of, the, of the table. That in previous seasons hadn't happened. Um, we know it's a strange season, this isn't it? It's not a typical season. It's not a normal season. So the lack of fans has been a bit of a uh, leveller. Also, Real Madrid aren't playing at the Bernabeu. Haven't played at the Bernabeu since the return uh, after the uh, after the lockdown. They're playing at the Estadio Alfredo Di Stefano, their training ground, which is where the tie against Liverpool is going to take place as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of uh, potential reasons as to why Real Madrid might be third six points off top spot. But yeah, I think broadly speaking, if you look at that and you think, oh, you know. It's been a terrible season for Real Madrid. They're six points off the top spot. They were knocked out of the Copa del Rey, which is the domestic cup here, by a side from the third tier, being called Alcoyano. I mean, that wasn't great, I'll be honest. That wasn't great. Uh, but generally speaking, it's not probably been as bad as you might think it is if you look just at the, uh, at the La Liga table. What was the sort of feeling when this draw was made from the Real Madrid end? Do they see this as a tie that they should be favourites to win? Do they see it like Liverpool in that they're probably on the right side of, of the Champions League draw? Very much so. I think when the balls were left and, you know, there was only a few balls left and Bayern Munich and Man City were still in there and they were thinking, oh no. And then Liverpool came out. I think I think it's a really good draw for Real Madrid in so much as it's... I mean, it's, Broadly speaking, it's the same for Liverpool. I think it's um, it's a winnable tie. Both sides will feel that they can win it. And also, it's a tie which has got prestige. It's got cachet. Uh, Liverpool here in, in Spain are really, really highly thought of. Maybe less so in Barcelona, but I'm, I'm in Madrid. And uh, here, people really... Um, there is a sort of uh, mysticism when you talk about Liverpool. I mean, I put a tweet the other day which had uh, a lot of uh, repercussion. I didn't realise um, a lot of 
as many people would see it. But generally speaking, I feel that when I speak to Spanish people here, um, they they all talk about Liverpool, Liverpool, they talk about Anfield in the sort of reverential tones. Um, I think it's because of the history that uh, Liverpool have in the European Cup. Um, Anfield is seen as this sort of the, the typical... Um, English football ground and English football grounds are held in high esteem here. They love the fact that they're packed. They love the fact that there's away fans because here there's no away fans. Stadiums aren't always packed. It's it's a very different footballing atmosphere and an experience. So Anfield is seen as sort of maybe the core of this English experience. And Liverpool are, um, I think, the most respected um, Spanish club, um, English club rather in Spain by some distance. So when that draw was made. It's good for Real Madrid because it's a winnable tie, they think it is. And it's also a, a, a great clash against the club that they that they really respect as well. And I suppose it also plays into the hands that you mentioned. Anfield, the atmosphere, the crowd, all of that isn't going to be there for this one. So I suppose that just gives them even more encouragement. Yeah, I mean, I've got a, my colleague who works for Real Madrid TV who... Um, travels with the team he's absolutely devastated he's been desperate for Real Madrid to get Liverpool um in, in in recent years so I can go and experience Anfield I was lucky enough um obviously I'm from London uh, I lived in London for 28 years and then I moved here nine years ago and I was lucky enough to travel with Real Madrid to um to Anfield in 2014 I think it was for a, a group game Real Madrid won 3-0 I've never been to Anfield before and I was really excited and it was really really special I've still got the recording of me recording You'll Never Walk Alone it was it was it was it was memorable it generally was um so yeah uh he's very disappointed I think a lot of people are very disappointed that there's not going to be any fans there there's not going to be that special uh, atmosphere at, uh, at Anfield but I guess from a Real Madrid perspective, that's that's probably good for them because uh, we know that it can be um, uh, pretty intimidating. Let's talk about a, a few individual players then. It seems to me that Karim Benzema has become a, a really key player for Real Madrid this season, especially. He's always obviously been a very, very good player. But is he, do you think, licking his lips at, at the chance to, to come up against this patched up Liverpool defence? Yeah, I think he is. I mean, Karim Benzema, I could talk a lot about him because there's so much to say. He is... He's a striker, but he's not a striker. He he, he defines himself as a, a number nine with the soul of a number ten. So he can score goals. He does score goals, but he creates goals as well. Um, he's got seventeen this season in La Liga, six assists, and we've seen a bit of a evolution of Karim Benzema in the last few years. Obviously, Cristiano Ronaldo is not here anymore, uh, which has left a big hole in the, the Real Madrid scoring charts, but. Benzema's trying to fill that, and we've seen Benzema score lots of different types of goals. Uh, he's one of the most technically gifted footballers in the world. I mean, he's one of the best footballers full stop in the world, but he's scoring goals now that he didn't score before. He's scoring tappings from six yards out. He's scoring headers as well. He can do the beating three men and, and shooting from 20 yards, but he can also do the more typical number nine goals as well. Um, so, yeah, he can, do, he can do a bit of everything, and we've seen that he is absolutely vital to Real Madrid because he's their top scorer uh, with 17 goals in La Liga. Second, Casemiro, the defensive midfielder with five goals. So without Karim Benzema, um, the side definitely does lack a bit of um, killer instinct in the final third. I think that's 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 normal. Uh, take out the main striker of any team and, and you'll probably find a similar, similar problem. The thing is, he's so good, not just at scoring goals but doing everything else as well um that he's uh, he's big boots to fill uh, if he's not there he wasn't he missed a few games earlier on this season and, and Real Madrid struggled uh, but he's back he's going to play against Liverpool so yeah he will be licking 
Uh, he will be licking his lips. It's a shame for Real Madrid that Eden Hazard probably won't make it. Um, he hasn't featured much this this season, and a lot was expected of that Hazard Benzema link up because they're two such intelligent, skillful players who seem to be on the same wavelength whenever they've they've played together. But from a Real Madrid perspective, that, that hasn't been enough. So. Yeah, Liverpool's defensive issues, I think, have been have been well documented. But then I was looking and I was talking to some colleagues at Real Madrid TV. I said, they've kept six clean sheets in eight games in Europe this season. They've only conceded three goals. They've had all these problems defensively, but they've only conceded three goals. So they've done something right in the Champions League. So it might not be necessarily as easy as, uh, as some people might think. Yeah, probably not quite come up against Karim Benzema and, and Real Madrid, I suppose, in, in the competition so far. But that will uh, certainly be interesting to, to watch out for. It's interesting you mentioned Casemiro there. I think he's another really key player. And he stood out to me because he is, as you say, Real Madrid's second top goal scorer from defensive midfield. How has that happened? Well, um, it's happened, uh, I think, how many of those? I think four, maybe four of those goals have been headers Uh I think all of them from Tony Cross balls into the box. Um, that's been something that we've seen quite a lot of from, from Real Madrid uh, in the last year or so. They're, they're crossing the ball a lot more. Uh, they're scoring a lot more headed goals. And Castamiro is one of the uh, the best headers in the in the team. Um, he is nominally a defensive midfielder. And he, I mean, he is the defensive midfielder in that midfield trio. He gets forward quite a lot as well. Um, he... Uh, um, he can shoot from distance as well. I mean, he scored some really good goals from, from distance as well, Casemiro. And yeah, the thing is with him is that there's nobody, there's, I mean, there's literally nobody in the squad that does what he does. So if he's not there, um, you, you you notice it. They've got Fede Valverde, the young Uruguayan, who is probably the closest you can get to that. You could play Tony Cross there as well, which is not his favourite position. But yeah, there's there's really no one quite in this Real Madrid squad that can do what... Casemiro can do so yeah he's another really really important player but he's playing really well Tony Cross is playing really well Luka Modric is having one of the best seasons of his career he's 35 he doesn't look like it that midfield is playing really well Karim Benzema is having one of the best seasons of his career and Thibaut Courtois is having one of the best seasons of his career as well so the spine of Real Madrid is actually playing really well then there are other things for them to for them to tweak but but the spine of them is playing really well, and um, and Casemiro is obviously a big part of that. Behind enemy lines on the Blood Red Channel. I think another part of the spine is, is Sergio Ramos and, and the defence. Is he expected to be fit? I know we are recording this a little bit in advance. I think there was a, some suggestion that he might be injured, and if he does play, is he still an absolutely top level centre back? And, and will he be looking forward to, of course, that reunion with Mohamed Salah? Uh, I would say that it's going to take uh, something very, very serious to stop him playing this game. Uh, Sergio Ramos is a man who loves uh, the big moment, uh, loves the big occasions and love him or hate him. And I'm guessing the majority of the listeners or viewers might be in the latter category um, here. But he is someone who um, who delivers in the big moments for Real Madrid. He's done so and he rises to the big occasions. So they will want him there on the pitch. I think he still very much is a, a top quality centre-back. Him and, him and Rafael Varane when they're um, playing together and they've got their rhythm, they've got their flow going, uh, they're still very, very difficult uh, to, to beat. A lot's been made about this Salah stuff. To be honest, I'd sort of forgotten it. Because Real Madrid won the final, it's not really something that Real Madrid fans talk about. I think it's much more um, perhaps in Liverpool fans' minds. 
understandably so, but because Real Madrid won that finals, the third of the hat trick, that was literally incidental. I don't really think everybody even remembers that here. Um, but yeah, maybe from a Liverpool perspective, they're uh, they're, they're interested in um, in that rematch. Mohamed Salah is often linked with Real Madrid, and there's always loads of stories around that sort of thing. Do you think he is the the biggest threat that they see from a, a Liverpool perspective? Is he the one that they're maybe most scared of going into to this time? I think there's a lot of respect for the country. Uh, to be honest, uh, they. I, I was again. I was talking to some colleagues at Real Madrid TV, and we were looking at potential Liverpool starting 11s, and we were saying, yeah, okay, the defence, whatever, but. That front, that front three is 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 pretty pretty scary. Um, obviously, Diego Jota back as well, who's who's been scoring in Europe as well. And there, there was a stat, wasn't it? I think it's is it Jota, Mane, and uh, Salah have scored twelve of the fourteen goals that Liverpool have scored in Europe this season. So if you keep that front three quiet, you can um, you can uh, have a good chance of, of of getting a result against Liverpool. But yeah, it's um it's 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 I don't think they're specifically. Worried about him. I think they're 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 just respectful of that front three. And and Sadio Mane as well. Obviously, a player that Zinedine Zidane believes we believe is is a big fan of of him. He's maybe not had quite the season that he's had in in previous seasons. But again, is is he somebody who you look at from a Real Madrid perspective and, and think you know not just as a, a collective but individually he could be wanted to cause a lot of damage? Yeah, definitely. Um... I think uh, Real Madrid's fullbacks this season uh, have uh, have improved. So Fernandi uh, is a, is a player who who came in and he plays left back, and um, he's going to have uh, uh, potentially a, a, a difficult night or not because defensively he's, he's very good, but going forward he, he he's uh, he's improved. Um, the other side, Danny Carver Howe has been out injured, so Lucas Vasquez has been has been playing at, at right back, and and he might have some some work as well. But yeah, Sadio Mane uh, is someone who I think even before the I think before the 2018 final, he was the player that uh, Real Madrid were most wary of, and I think he might have been Liverpool's best player that that, that, that season. Certainly was up, he was up there, uh, and he was I think the player that they were um, wary of potentially causing the most uh, most uh, damage. I think I think Real Madrid fans are a bit wary of Liverpool because they're in this situation where it's kind of all or nothing for them in the Champions League now. And that is a situation that Real Madrid have been in many times uh, in previous seasons and they've done really well in Europe. So they know what it's like to, to have everything on the line in Europe and rise to the occasions. I think that's what they're wary of. I mean, Real Madrid have won... The Champions League, when they finished fifth in La Liga, when they finished sixth in La Liga, they've been European champions as well. So they know that a team that haven't necessarily delivered domestically can still be very dangerous in, in Europe. And when it's someone like Liverpool that's won the competition six times, um, there's, there's a lot of respect for them. We've sort of spoken about a few Real Madrid players who could cause Liverpool a few problems. Is there anybody that we've not touched upon so far that you think could almost be like a an outsider to have a, a big impact on this game from a, a Real Madrid perspective? Real Madrid player? To, yes, to... yeah. Maybe someone ah. that, that Liverpool fans won't have, have seen a great deal of. Well, um, well, we've spoken about the spine and obviously they're, they're, they're important. So the other players that are sort of out of that uh, spine, the... Uh, the, the the wingers for uh, Real Madrid, Vinicius, Rodrigo and, and, and Marco Asensio, those three. I mean, it's interesting. We're talking about them playing as, as, as wingers. It might be that Real Madrid go actually for a 4-4-2 for a and, and play um, 
with an extra midfield. Obviously, Fede Valverde probably isn't going to make it. He would have been the the uh, the, the 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 player to come in and, and play as an extra man in there. So maybe he might put Isco in there as a, as a fourth midfielder and then go maybe two up top with Benzema and Vinicius. Um, that's an option. And I think if Federaldi was fit, I think that would have almost certainly been uh, the team that he would have gone for. And, and Valverde is a, is a very interesting player. He's got um, a tremendous uh, amount of physique. He absolutely loves scrap and, um, and he can score goals as well. So he's maybe one for, uh, for the future because he's only 22. Uh, Vinicius is extremely young. I don't but he's he's already played 100 games for Real Madrid. He's someone who's got such an incredible um, uh, ability to to uh, unsettle defenses. The only thing that's missing from him at the moment is the ability to score goals because he gets himself in fantastic positions and his finishing isn't quite at the level of his uh, incredible um, skill and and uh, ability to go past defenders. So I mean I think Vinicius is going to play and he's definitely uh, someone that can that can cause Liverpool some problems. And just a final question then before I get you to predict what might happen in the tie. Just on Eden Hazard, I know he's potentially injured for, for this one and maybe hasn't had the, the best of seasons injury-wise. But from a Real Madrid perspective, is he still expected to, to come good and, and prove his value? He's caused Liverpool plenty of, of problems over the years in a Chelsea shirt, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's just a huge disappointment that he's had just a, such a bad run of luck with injuries. He got COVID, injuries again. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a real shame because there were really high hopes for, uh, for Eden Hazard. Uh, and no, I don't think they, I mean, I haven't written him off yet. But it looks like being another season where he hasn't been able to really get going uh, at all. Um, and he's only scored two league goals. Real Madrid. Uh, he's only scored two league goals. He, has, he hasn't played uh, enough games to be able to build a rhythm, to build fitness. And he's a player who, as you said, caused Liverpool plenty of problems in the past, caused most teams in the Prem problems in the past. And he was someone who didn't get injured. I mean, he had, didn't have a history of, of, of injury. So that's why it's so strange that he's had so many injury problems here. And perhaps that also might be why he hasn't been, hasn't come back yet. He's not, he's not, never been in this position before he's not used to it I don't know I'm not going to play amateur psychologist but yeah he's a he's a big loss for uh, for Real Madrid but they're still expecting him to come good there's still hopes that he can build that partnership with, with Karim Benzema which when we've seen glimpses of has looked very very exciting as as well but yeah uh, it's going to be tough for him to feature against uh, against Liverpool and just before we finish then, how do you think the, the tie might go? Do you think it's going to be a really close one between Real Madrid and Liverpool? And are you backing the, the Spanish team to, to go through? I think I'm, I'm back Real Madrid as marginal favourites. But like I said, there is a there is a huge amount of respect for for Liverpool here. I don't think anyone is, uh, is um, uh, taking it for granted. I don't think anyone is even... People aren't really looking ahead to the semi-final either because they... they the semi-final draw, in theory, is is, is favourable because you avoid the the other big boys. But uh, people aren't thinking about that because they have a lot of respect for, for Liverpool and and they know that Real Madrid could go up. But I think it might be something pretty close, uh, to be honest. I can see, <laughs> I can see maybe Real Madrid going through uh, something like on away goals or something. I think it, I think it's going to be tight um, and uh, maybe like two two on aggregate and Real Madrid go through on away goals, something like that. Uh, but yeah, um, this percentage-wise, maybe like 55-45 in Real Madrid's favour, but it's tight. 
Yeah, certainly is. It's going to be a fascinating game, I think, and fascinating to, to hear your insight. So thank you very much, Phil, for, for joining me. Really appreciate that. Pleasure. No worries. Enjoy the games. You've been listening to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel.